Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. Christian, it is a delightful bonus day, and we've taken to calling these bonus episodes, although they're not really bonuses, it's more just a way to do something different than the traditional streaming recommendations episodes we've done trying to tie in the final episodes of the month with the blend a little more strongly than what we used to do. How do you feel about them so far? We're on our third one. Is the third time the charm? What do you think? I think that they're continuously getting better. I mean, I am... The the 1975 Oscars retrospective, I think, went pretty well, and we were able to just reflect on a lot of movies. Maybe that one needed more structure, Top five apocalypse movies I loved doing because we were... That was a good time. Because we didn't know what the other person had chosen. And here, it's just a crap ton of movies that are on this <laughs> list that we're going to talk about. And I feel like when we discuss more movies at the same time, the episodes are more fun. Right. Because partially, you don't have to go so deep on every movie. You can hit the big bullet points, the few things you liked about it, and then move on. But there's also a ton out there and some of these topics. And so it's fun to get to talk about a wide range of things. And with a topic like... Batmanimation. Of course, there's plenty to talk about here, and I'm looking forward to diving into this pool with you, Christian. Should that be the title of the episode, Batmanimation? I think so. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it make sense? I don't know. I don't always go with your with your advice. This, this is quite true, as listeners of this podcast will be very knowledgeable about. But yes, of course, this is our Batmanimation episode here to wrap up our Batman Blend of the Month. The Cape Crusader has been probably, well, not probably, more active in the animated medium than he has been in live-action movies. Although, of course, it's Tim Burton and Christopher Nolan and now Matt Reeves, even Joel Schumacher back in the day. These people who have dominated the Batman discourse when it comes to movies. But, of course, DC has been pumping out animated films and TV series for many years at this point. Christian, what was your degree of familiarity with Batman animation, be it TV or movies? And how excited were you about the topic in general? You can be honest with me. Okay, so excited about the topic, not a ton, but I should have been. And I realized I was an idiot. Now, here's <laughs> here, here's where, where the realization came in. I grew up watching, do you remember the Justice League show on Cartoon Network? Yeah, was it just, I think there's Justice League and Justice, Justice League, League Unlimited. Unlimited. Okay. Yes. And both of those were a result of the DC animated shared universe, which Batman, uh, the animated series, kicked off with a movie that we will be discussing. Indeed we shall. Yes. And so I loved that TV show. And I also grew up watching The Batman on The CW. I don't know if you saw that one. I've seen a few episodes. It was on Netflix for a while, which I remember it was put there when I was in college and I watched a few episodes just because I like Batman, but I never got into it fully. So I loved that show so much. I woke up every... Remember when Saturday morning cartoons were a thing? Those were the days. I remember waking up because this had such a cool Bruce Wayne. And so I go, yeah, he's not a dark and brooding dude. It's like a no, it's like a cool Bruce Wayne who's like a cool Batman. It's like, yeah, I'm a bat. Isn't that awesome? And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and so when I got to when I got to college, I've actually actually saw some of these animated I revisited Justice League Unlimited, which I hadn't seen before, only the original Justice League. And then I started to watch 
a couple of DC Justice League slash Batman prominently featured movies. I think I was just bored, and so I saw two or three of them and thought, these are, this is a good time. So I have a weird, eclectic memory of it. I'm not coming into this blind. I I honestly have no idea my own connection to it because like you, I watched episodes of shows a lot when I was growing up and weird memories of all of these different DC shows have a memory of, I think an episode with the villain Brainiac on Justice League Unlimited maybe that I know is in my brain somewhere, but who knows. But I can't remember a particular connection to some of these Batman specific things, but I do know that I checked out some of the movies over the years. I've watched Batman Under the Red Hood when it was hot in the streets on Netflix. I saw... Hot in the streets. Hot in the streets. I watched Batman the Killing Joke in theaters when that was a thing. (laughs) And so I've had an interest in Batman animation for a long time. It's just that in the, the wide world of movies, often you do not default to these DC animated direct-to-video flicks so i i enjoy that we were able to take some time to watch some of these and we've got a smattering to talk about for the folks at home so christian you mentioned one already one that we both have seen it's one that i know you watched for this episode one that i watched a little while ago so my memories aren't as fresh i'll defer to you on some of it but first thing we'll be talking about as we just dive into the, the pool here is batman mask of the phantasm which was the first Batman animated movie, to the best of my knowledge, and it was theatrically released in 1993. It was inspired of the, off the success of the first season of Batman the Animated Series, and it is widely considered one of the best Batman movies out of any of them, even stacked up against the live-action Okay, okay, movies. it's fine. So, okay? You cut off my question, Christian. I was just going to ask if you agree or not, so I guess you don't. <laughs> no, no, no. It is fine. It is interesting. It's got a cool... A a cool villain, a cool use of the Joker. Mark Hamill's appearance as the Joker is... Honestly, Mark Hamill is up there for me, like top three Jokers ever. He's he's amazing. And it's so funny that most people associate him uh, with Luke Skywalker and Star Wars naturally, but he is perhaps as widely known as a voice actor and... The Joker is probably his most famous voice acting character. I actually associate him as Skips from Regular Show. Have you ever seen Regular Show? I have not seen Regular Show. Bro, you're missing out. (laughs) Anyway, the... Okay. It is a movie that's only, I want to say, 76 minutes long. I think it's just an hour and 16. And it has to do with this... uh, um, This masked villain who uses like ice and also the smoke to appear in front of ne'er-do-wells and kill them mafia figures yes and this is this is my thing about it it's interesting It, it provides honestly a very very enticing backstory for how bruce wayne became batman and a very cool like pre pre batman stunts of bruce wayne trying to catch criminals for 76 minutes i think it was still too long Still too long, even though it's barely a feature. <laughs> Although I guess you only need to be, what, 50 minutes to be considered a feature film, but... The pacing is not where you want it to be, despite a lot of good things going on for it. So I, I recommend it, but I'm, I'm don't don't watch this be late at night. Which is funny, because many of these seem like the perfect thing to turn on late at night, because most of them are around this time frame. You know, 75 to 80 minutes, not very long quick to get through so i do have to say i like this movie quite a bit i'm not with the crowd that says it's 
you know, the the nerd take of, oh, it's secretly, it's actually the best Batman movie. I don't think it's the best Batman movie, but I think it's really dang good. And it has a lot of the best parts of the animated series, which, number one, Kevin Conroy, who is the voice actor for Bruce Wayne and Batman. He's the voice that I hear in my head when I am reading Batman comics. You'll recognize it if you watch this and, and check this out. Plus, the just the visual style of Batman the Animated Series that was used for Mask of the Phantasm. This Art Deco Gotham City, I think, is pretty timeless, and it looks great in the Animated Series. It looks great in this movie, which was made on an eight-month production schedule. So, 76 minutes is short, yes, but feature-length animated movie made in that sort of time frame. The fact that it is as competent as it is is already <laughs> a great success. What did you think of Andrea Beaumont? In this movie, a love interest for Bruce Wayne. I think who, she was wonderful. There you go. I do think she was wonderful. I wish we'd gotten more from her. And I'm curious to see what her future had in store. So if they had done a sequel, I would have seen it. They, yeah, this has some, not necessarily unofficial sequels, but there is Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, another in the animated series universe, as well as Mystery of the Batwoman. So they did make some sequels, but it didn't use her character. And she is this love interest for, for Bruce Wayne, who he reconnects with and uh, comes in from his past. So she's a really interesting character and, and not someone that we get to see very often. I believe she is from the comics, but she might have been created for the movie, so we'll have to double check that. But that is Mask of the Phantasm, which is available on HBO Max. So next up, Christian, there are a few that only you have seen and only I have seen. So let's ping pong here real quick. One that I want to shout out quickly is Batman Gotham Knight. Have you heard of this one? I don't know what this is. Great. So, another one of these 75-minute animated features. It is, however, set in the Nolanverse, which is what the good people at DC call Christopher Nolan's Batman movies and, you know, Gotham City flicks. It's really interesting in that it was directed by a series of Japanese anime directors. So, they apply their stylings to Bruce Wayne and Batman, to Gotham City... And some of the animation is pretty cool. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this, honestly, and it's not so connected to the Nolanverse that, you know, there's lots of hidden Easter eggs for the movies and stuff. I did notice that, I believe her name is Ramirez, who's in The Dark Knight. She's the cop who turns over Rachel Dawes to get blown up with Harvey Dent. She makes an appearance in this, but it is a different voice actor than the woman who plays her in the movie. But if you want to check out a more anime-styled Batman, if anime is your jam, I would definitely recommend that you check it out. It's it's not one that I would widely recommend to people who are vaguely interested in Batman animation, but still could be potential there if you like. Is Christian Bale in it? He is not in it. Then I don't see the point. Oh my gosh. Okay, Christian. We're going to turn it over to you then for one that only you have seen, and that is Batman vs. Robin. Okay, so Batman vs. Robin... Uh, there are many Robins in the Batman universe. For people who do not know, it is not just Dick Grayson, the circus person. So there are several different iterations. And in this one, um, it is Damian Wayne. Yes, he shares Bruce Wayne's last name because Bruce Wayne's DNA was taken and cloned. And became he became a member of the League of Shadows under Ra's al Ghul. But this happens after that part. <laughs> And it's just Batman trying to raise up his supposed son, whom he has found as a, a, a hero alongside him. But his son being this Robin being too angry and needing to control his emotions as they also battle the secret society of owls that rules Gotham from the shadows. The Court of Owls are in Batman versus Robin? The Court of Owls 
are in Batman versus Robin. Oh shoot! Okay, it's not great. This movie's not great. <laughs> let, let's let, let me let me tell you, this movie's not not the best. But but Christian Weird Al, as in Weird Al Yankovic, has a voice role in this movie. How could it be bad? Who is he? What? Who no, is no, no, Weird no, no. Al? I know who Weird Al is. Oh, okay. Who is he in the movie? He plays Barton Mathis slash Dollmaker. Oh no, that makes that that that's who my <laughs> guess was going to be. Oh, that's he's there for like five seconds then. Oh darn. Batman vs. Robin, as you'll see with a lot of these movies, they are not always original ideas. They're often adapting successful or popular storylines from the comics. So, And sometimes that works, and we're going to get to one that works soon. And indeed we shall. So this is, in your opinion, an unsuccessful take on that formula in terms of taking the popular storyline that featured Damian Wayne and making a short movie about it? I think the voice acting just wasn't there. Oof. Yeah. This one featured Jason O'Mara, who is a common Bruce Wayne and Batman and not Kevin Conroy. So, you know, one against him. <laughs> a couple for Kevin Conroy. Another one that I saw on my own was Gotham by Gaslight, which, Christian, you told me you are not familiar with the story at all. I have no clue what this... I think you made it up. I surely did not. Gotham by Gaslight <laughs> is one of the most famous Batman comic storylines. It was the first DC Elseworlds story, so... These one-off stories that feature DC heroes doing things that are completely different from their original origins. Gotham by Gaslight is the first one, and it features Bruce Wayne set in a Victorian-era Gotham City. Another famous one is Superman Red Sun, where uh, Superman, instead of landing in Kansas when he flies in from Krypton, he lands in Soviet Russia and becomes an agent of the USSR. So that's the kind of story that they're telling here. I want here. that movie. They, I want that movie. They have it. You can go find it and watch it. They adapted that one as well. No, I want a live action. Well, too bad. <laughs> They'll never make it. And I want Brendan Fraser to play Superman. That is a weird choice. Anyway, Gotham by Gaslight here. Uh, again, similar to Batman vs. Robin, not as successful as the comic it's based on. I think, in particular, this one gets rid of some characters from Gotham by Gaslight who were original and unique to that story and replaces them with people who are uh, Batman mainstays. So, for example, Poison Ivy, who's Pamela Isley, she makes a small appearance in this, as does Jim Gordon, who is not in the original Gotham by... Or he is in the original Gotham by Gaslight, but has a much different role. So, again, one where they make some changes from the comics that don't totally work, but if you want to check out this type of story, a very different take on Batman, obviously, in the Victorian era, could be could be worth a watch. They're, the action climax at the end, I think, was pretty well done. And another Batman here, we got Bruce Greenwood, who is... Certainly somebody that you'll recognize if you see his real face, but he uh, he also does a, he does a decent Bruce Wayne and Batman. He's appeared in a few of these things over the years. Christian, back to one that we have both seen. That one is, I think, in my opinion, a more successful adaptation of a famous comic storyline, and I'm going to see your thoughts on it. It's actually a two-parter, and that is The Dark Knight Returns, or The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. So, Christian, was this the storyline you were alluding to that is a better adaptation of a comic storyline, or do you have a cooler opinion on this one? I think that this is so incredibly well done. I honestly, this two-parter, I would maybe I would have preferred to see it all together. I'm not quite sure, but how it manages to weave five six different things going up against gotham and against batman and honestly a gotham that has descended into anarchy to an extent 
is fantastic. The incorporation of New Robin, the incorporation of Superman. Of th these two movies together are very also like anti-society. They're 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 down with the government sort of movies in the sense of look at how much the government has failed us. Please rise up and help your fellow man. It is it is phenomenally well done. The action scenes, the the return of Two Face, the return of Joker, and their backstories are are really cool to witness. As alongside the editing, honestly, the editing for an animated movie in these two is great. I think the second one is not as good as the first one, but maybe altogether it would have been incredible. Yeah, there there is a deluxe edition available that combines the two of them, but I do agree with you. I think these are pretty well done. So just to speak a little bit more on it, since you know we'll spend a couple more minutes here. So this does adapt the famous storyline from Frank Miller that revitalized Batman in the late 80s and is the modern-day template for the character, who, of course, had been through some more comedic iterations. He... Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen took a look at a an aged Bruce Wayne, one who had retired from being Batman and who had let Gotham City fall into ruin. Although some of his key villains were put away into prison or into Arkham Asylum, a different gang has risen up and the city, as Christian said, is basically falling into almost anarchy. The city is in disrepair. People don't feel safe going out at night. And so Bruce Wayne despite his advanced age, is inspired to get back into fighting crime one last ride style because Gotham isn't able to fight for itself. And, of course, things get hectic from there. So this is another one where I wanted to read the original comic after I saw this to see what they changed because I couldn't remember it, honestly. I read Dark Knight Returns when I was first getting into comics, which, again, was in college, so a few years ago at this point. And it's a really good story. It's consistently up there with, you know, number one Batman comic storyline of all time. I would absolutely recommend that you read it if you're interested in Batman at all, even if you're not interested in comics. But I do think this is a successful adaptation. And even though I can't remember all of what they changed or what is not added in from the comics, this is just a well-done animated movie. I think it, there's a lot more, like you said, you, you say editing, and I, I want to point out, just some of the animation is... Well, really well done. Well it's done. more, I would say, I guess, imaginative or creative. There's some really cool set pieces and sequences, especially when it comes to Batman getting some of those first scenes of Bruce Wayne getting back into the costume. Some of this stuff is it's just really fun to watch. It's a great Batman story. It's one of three graphic novels that has been nominated for a top literary award. I believe the other two are Mouse and The Sandman. So a Neil Gaiman story and then a Holocaust reimagining, not reimagining, but told through a different perspective to highlight the horrors. Right. So it, 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 it's very well considered in the literary world. Uh, another another Batman switch up here. We have Peter Weller playing Batman and Bruce Wayne, who is most famous as RoboCop. You ever seen RoboCop, Christian? I hate RoboCop. What? I think RoboCop is a travesty. I oh my think gosh. that everyone who likes RoboCop needs to reevaluate where they are in life. Uh, I wish I had seen RoboCop, but that's everybody. So, <laughs> interesting choice, Christian. Maybe we'll have a RoboCop blend of the month later. <laughs> what, RoboCop, RoboCop 2, and the redone RoboCop from 2014 starring Michael Keaton? Hey, and, well, he's, he's, isn't he the bad guy? It's starring I don't know. Joel Kinnaman from, uh, from Suicide Squad. Move on. What's the next movie? <laughs> But I guess you want to move on, Christian. Anything else you want to say on The Dark Knight Returns? No, that's why I said move on. Okay, fair point. I, I just it's, it's, a, it's a fun one, folks. So, Christian, we're going to go back to you. 
one that only you have seen and that I can't speak on. And I'm actually going to ask you to speak about two different ones here because they fall into the same category. So, of course, our guy Batman doesn't always just star in these movies by himself. He sometimes appears with his buddies, and that is in the Justice League. So there are two that you've seen, Christian, that you wanted to shout out quickly on this episode, and those are Justice League War and the Flashpoint Paradox, neither of which I have seen, unfortunately. So the floor is yours, my friend. So these are two that I watched in college. And I think that the so the Flashpoint paradox is a storyline, obviously about the Flash, and tells a different story because the Flash goes back in time, changes some things, and so you get a different person donning the Batman suit. I'm not gonna spoil who, but the reason why it's important and also relevant is because the Flash movie coming out later this year is based on that storyline and i actually bought the comic i think it's on it's on the floor yeah that's the flashpoint paradox that's on the floor yes it, it sits by me on the floor at every recording of this show <laughs> and so it is good storytelling it is good incredible imaginative edge of your seat mystery storytelling and i know that the flashpoint paradox is also a storyline in dc comics that ushered in a new wave i think it um i don't know if it coincided with it coincided with the release of the new 52 storylines i want to say and destroyed a bunch of universes and i'm look i i I, if i sound like i know a lot about comics i don't i just read a bunch of wikipedia articles (laughs) so but this is this is well done and the batman here (laughs) as a mentor to the flash oh my goodness incredible now justice league war oh but you were gonna say something i was all i was gonna add obviously i haven't seen these two but i was just gonna say your recommendation for the animated movie has made me more curious in this storyline i've i've not read any flash comics and i have read flashpoint paradox although i know it's important kicks off the new 52 so i now have a little bit more of a reason to check this out so i just wanted to say thanks for putting it on my radar Tell us about Justice League War. Oh, and last thing. So oh, my, last my, thing. No, Michael Keaton, because Michael Keaton's coming back for as Batman for this Flash movie. Right. So in terms of Batman who are being mentors to the Flash, oh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, in terms of Justice League War, this is a good time. I would describe this much more to a good time movie than a... Um, uh, necessarily a great story but it is the justice league joining forces for the first time so the flash cyborg we've got batman superman i want to say wonder woman is also here and them going up against dark side so dark side looking at earth seeing that it is a a planet that he needs to conquer and then going up against it dark side is obviously a very important villain in the comics is one of the most powerful villains in comics in general and so to watch them go toe to toe with it with a justice league that has just formed that they didn't even, they don't even call justice league till later on in the movie is is wonderful really really uh it's cool very cool movie and a good way to just spend a friday night well there you go that's flashpoint paradox and justice league war one final one that I have seen that, Christian, you mentioned you were going to try to watch. So you I, can... I didn't get to The Killing Joke. Okay, so it is The Killing Joke, the one that I did get to see in theaters for that one-week limited release when it came out. 
But again, adapting one of the most famous Batman story, or stories, I should say, not a storyline, this is just a one-off graphic novel from Alan Moore, and it is widely considered one of the best Joker stories as well. It dives deep into the psychology of the relationship between Batman and the Joker, and Although I sometimes have a bad memory when it comes to things that I've watched in the past, I have never forgotten the ending of this movie, which they did not change from the comic, and it has it stayed with me. Uh, I will say, The Killing Joke, if you are if you have read the graphic novel, if you are very in tune with Batman comics, Wait, you... does this prominently feature... Um, what's your name? What's your name? It's not Batwoman, is it? Batgirl? Does it prominently feature Batgirl? Uh, yes. So Barbara Gordon, who's the daughter of Jim Gordon, often appears as a character named Batgirl or later in her career, Oracle, in the comics. So Maybe she I is in seen this. The Killing Joke. Maybe I have. Wait, 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 wait. So does it, um, without spoiling it, d does it set off a chain of events because of a, let's say, a sexual encounter yes. that Batgirl has? Yes. And, oh, yeah, I have seen this. Okay, there you go. Oh, uh, this was rough. <laughs> yes, it is an intense story. It is. It has been criticized over the years, especially more presently, I should say, for some of its treatment of sexual assault, which does play a role in the narrative. And the movie itself adds another sexual scene that, to my knowledge, because I still haven't read this graphic novel, although I should have by this point, is not in the original. And so a lot of Bat fans have widely criticized The Killing Joke for the addition of that unnecessary romantic scene. It's not just boohooing a sex scene. It's, it's actually the two characters who get romantically involved. It changes the fundamentals of the story. And so it did get some criticism for that. I will say, at the time, I really did enjoy it. I, I think the... The relationship between Batman and the Joker translated very well and from the adaptation, and they brought back Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to do the voices, although um, it had been a few years, I think, since each of them had consistently played the role. So, good in that regard as well, if you like their portrayals of the characters, I would say check it out. I haven't rewatched it myself since it came out in 2016, but I figured it was worth mentioning. Christian, one final movie to talk about, and it's perhaps the most well-known movie that we'll be covering. It's one that we've both seen, and I know you were a little underwhelmed by, but I watched it recently, and I enjoyed it. So that movie is The Lego Batman Movie, which came out in 2017. It was a sequel to The Lego Movie. Of course, our final Batman here, Will Arnett, taking on the character in a much more comedic look, obviously. Continuation of Chris This Lord movie makes no sense. <laughs> Mid-sentence. Christopher Miller's Lego movies. Anyway, Christian, what do you think? Oh, it makes no sense. Okay, go ahead. It makes no sense, and it's not funny. Now, it's not a bad movie, but this isn't funny. Christian, this movie is ridiculously funny, and I don't know what you're talking about. This movie is not funny, and Will Arnett is trying too hard. He is trying too hard to be a cool Batman, and I know that's the premise. That's the exact point. So I know that's the that point, but I, I don't like his voice in this movie as Lego Batman. I don't... I don't like that they completely mess up Barbara Gordon. Uh, or How do they mess her up? I, she's like a romantic interest. Well, she's like specifically not. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, isn't, isn't she the girl he's falling in love with? Yeah, but there's there's no big smooch at the end or anything. Sorry for the spoiler. but <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. I don't like the whole 
Joker scene of coming together as friends. It's just a, it's a cringy <laughs> movie. Hilarious. It's a oh cringy my. movie. Christian's looking at this movie primarily aimed at families and children and calling it cringy. I, the Lego <laughs> movie was great. I don't need Lego Batman. I so that's disappointing, Christian. And I think what's sad is that some of the obvious parodies you have been frustrated by, like Will Arnett's Batman voice, which is a direct parody of all of the actors who play the character and then drop their voice down low to play Batman. And some of that stuff is so funny. And having recently rewatched some of these movies, there are jokes that I picked up on, which are funnier because I've seen these movies more recently. For example, at the beginning, Joker hijacks a plane with this big, with all these bombs on it. And the pilots are saying, you know, Batman's going to stop you. And Joker says, well, no, he's not. And then the, the pilots say, well, you know, what about that time? I forget. They reference something from Batman 89. And he says, well, that doesn't count. And he says, well, what about that time with the two boats, like in the Dark Knight? And they're picking up on all of these references to the the realm of Batman. There's so many references to Batman movies that if you've seen these, you will enjoy. And if you haven't, it goes over your head and it's just fine, which I'm sure is the case for many kids. So it's disappointing to me that you did not enjoy this movie, Christian, because I will say, not I would say it's not as good as a Lego movie. It makes one very key choice, and it's choice in villains that is a very Space Jam, A New Legacy-esque, and it, I don't think it totally works. Do you really want to compare stuff to Space Jam, A New Legacy? No, because that movie is hot garbage. But they there is a choice to in, incorporate some characters who are not related to DC Comics, but they are Warner Brothers properties that... I, I just didn't like, and it reminded me of Space Jam A New Legacy, so too bad, so sad. But I think a lot of the Batman and Gotham-centric stuff really works. Plus, I really dug a lot of the voice cast here. Aside from Will Arnett, you have Ray Fiennes playing Alfred, Michael Sarah playing Robin, and Zach Galifianakis playing the Joker. So, oh, and shout out to Rosario Dawson, who was, who was Barbara Gordon, who you apparently didn't like in this movie. But really fun voice cast. I think there's a ton of good jokes in here, especially if you're a fan of the Batman movies and Batman in general. And I didn't find it very cringy. Uh, aside from, you know, the occasional kids movie moments it has to hit. So that is the Lego Batman movie. Christian, any final things you want to mention before we wrap things up here? These are some good animated TV shows too. Like a lot of these are based on animated TV shows. Those are great. And these are, if you don't know what to watch, honestly, looking up a DC movie is an animated DC movie is not bad. They have their track record on animated movies is far and beyond way better than their track record on live action movies. <laughs> that is true. And you'll definitely get some variation in quality. Like for example, I really would not recommend Gotham by Gaslight unless you enjoy the comic or you're specifically curious about Victorian era Batman. But although not all of them are great, none of them are really trash. There, There's a good floor of quality where you can do so much worse than checking out one of these fun action animated movies that are typically no longer than an hour and 20 minutes if that long so i would definitely say a lot of fun here there's more that i wanted to get to that we didn't i didn't have time to watch for this episode so i i'm, I'm glad we did this we had a good time christian the very last thing i'll ask you <laughs> is about the first 30 minutes of the batman versus dracula <laughs> you know it's not bad which he told me he had watched in anticipation of this. I was going to turn it over to him. And then before the episode, he said, of course, I only watched the first half hour. I have like another, I have a little less than an hour left. It's, it's enjoyable. It's got nice Bruce Wayne. He's hitting on a journalist. The journalist really likes him because he's Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne loves hitting on journalists. Dracula's here and Dracula's regrowing hair and his minion is um, Cobblepot. 
So penguin, penguin? penguin's oh. there. Yeah, good penguin's times. There. Good times. Joker supposedly just died, which is not a spoiler because you know Joker never really dies. Come on, Joker. Uh, he kind of just like fell to the river, but he... <laughs> and, and then there's this great line from Dracula because he's learning about Batman. He goes, "My influence reaches far and wide," and I'm like, huh. <laughs> "That's funny. That's oh something gosh. the Lego Batman movie doesn't have." <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think that line's very funny at all, considering he's Dracula. It's a very Dracula-esque thing to say. But that is our Batman Animation Recommendations episode. So there's obviously a ton of titles that we threw out. Christian, is there any one that you would say, if somebody's like, I'm going to watch one, what would you say is the big one they should go home and watch? I think Dark Knight Rises Parts 1 and 2. Or Returns. Bar- Dark Knight Returns yeah. Parts 1 and 2. But I don't even think it's... Th- I think that's the second best after Flashpoint Paradox. However, if it if you don't know anything about Batman, that's the one to go to. If you know a little bit about Batman or anything DC, go to Flashpoint Returns. I think or Flashpoint Paradox. I think Flashpoint Paradox is the best out of everything that I've seen. Um, I just want people to ease in. There you go. And I would probably point people to Mask of the Phantasm only because it's a very traditional entree into this world. And like we talked about, it's got a great reputation. It's so slow. It's not that slow. People talk about it as one of the best Batman stories on screen of all types. So it's a very traditional first step. So Dark Knight Returns also will not do you wrong. But Christian, that is our show. Before we wrap things up here, our next episode will be an Oscars episode. Yes, Yes, it will be. We, we haven't really figured this out, so quick, very quick on our production meeting. Do you want to do after the show or before the show? What are you thinking? I think we should do after the show. So this year, we'll just do after the show. We'll reflect on the Oscars. We'll talk about the winners and also offer a few thoughts on movies that maybe we wish could have won once the winners are announced. We are recording this the Monday before the ceremony, so we have no idea yet. But we'll take a look at some of the winners and, and talk about our thoughts. Quick, gun to your head, who's winning Best Picture? Power of the Dog is going to win Best Picture. I'm going to go with Coda because if it doesn't win, then I lose nothing. And if it wins, I was there before anyone else said it would. <laughs> well, it's been winning some major awards, especially the Producers Guild Award for Best Picture this year. It's so that and the SAG that makes me think it's got the votes. I know, yeah, SAG Ensemble Award has digressed from Best Picture a lot in the past. PGAs, I think, have a better track record, so, and obviously that's producers voting for producers, so we shall see. Actors and producers have gone with CODA, and actors the biggest branch of the Academy. It'll be a very interesting Oscars night, which Christian and I will get to enjoy in the comfort of your apartment as you're putting on a little Oscars soiree. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. And until then, we will say we'll announce our next Blend of the Month on that show. So you'll have to stay tuned to our Oscars show to talk about the Blend of the Month for April, which, Christian, you were between two ideas. Have you landed? Tease the listeners. I'm considering a third. He's now <laughs> not considering a third, folks. Who knows what's going to happen? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. So thanks for sticking with us for our March Batman Blend of the Month, and I hope you can find some fun Batman animation to watch. Until next time, there are a few things that you can do to support the show that we would greatly appreciate. Number one, please do subscribe and leave a rating or a review, if applicable, wherever you get your podcasts. It does help us reach new listeners there, and we really appreciate all the reviews that come in. Make them five stars, because, you know, 
We're nice guys. We appreciate it. You can also send us an email to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. We are regularly checking that inbox. And although it's mostly just Twitter emailing me about great tweets that I can check out, I do love when I see listener feedback coming in. So please do send us your thoughts. We'd love to know what you thought of this Batman blend of the month or if you have any ideas for us in the future. Obviously, Christian is feeling a little bit indecisive about April. Maybe you'll sway his opinion with your idea. So send us your thoughts. Again, that's cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and the both of us on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? No. No. Until next time, I'm Scott Lentz, he's Christian Ubius, and this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast. I'm Vengeance. <laughs>